It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to Lighthouse Faith Podcast, where we are moving forward in truth and love. And I'm Lauren Green, Chief Religion Correspondent for Fox News Channel and off the book, author of the book, Lighthouse Faith. You know, I'm here at NRB. This is one of our NRB podcasts. It's the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, Florida. You know, it's the largest gathering of mostly Christian media in the world. Thousands here representing a lot of different organizations, media, TV, streaming, podcasts, and beyond. And, um, of course, the big news this week was, um, if, you know, I know this is not going to air this week, but... The big news this week was that um, Governor Ron DeSantis almost, almost uh, announced his presidency um, here at NRB. But he just, he was like the two days later um, when he spoke. But still, it was a big deal because he was basically preaching to a very large choir. Um, but it brings up the point about where America is in its faith walk, where America is in politics where America is or where it should be. And um, one of our dear friends here at Lighthouse Faith Podcast is Dr. Alex McFarlane, who always has the pulse on what's happening in the faith world and in America. You know, he's the leader of Alex McFarlane, uh, Alex McFarlane Ministries, a noted youth and culture and religion expert. He is also the creator of Viral Truth Clubs. We've got to get a handle on that. And has authored or co-authored more than 20 books, including The Assault on America and How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. Um, Alex, welcome. Well, thank you, Lauren. It's always a privilege to be with you, and I just commend you on all the great work you do. <laughs> and so it's it's an honor to know you, and it's an honor to be on the program. I know that you've been very busy here at NRB. What have you been doing? Um, interviews, <laughs> you know, and uh, going around. Uh, we, we have been broadcasting here and uh, recording for our shows, radio and podcast. And th- this is a big gathering that um, you and I come to and basically every ministry and thought leader uh, that you've ever heard of is is here. Um, but you know what's interesting, Lauren, um, when I went to my first NRB 20 years ago, uh, it was all about Christianity and the gospel, and mm-hmm. we were rolling out some products with Focus on the Family. What's interesting now, um, like day before yesterday, I was talking to Dennis Prager, um, who's not an evangelical Christian, but is a great constitutionalist. And there are a lot of people here, um, Jewish and Christian, mm-hmm. that care about the philosophical foundation of the Constitution, which is moral truth. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the Christian gospel is belief in Jesus, uh, the Son of God. But let's step back, even not the gospel message of personal faith in Christ, but just the moral boundaries that for 245 years now have given us a free, safe, prosperous America. Yeah. And so a lot of the, the uh, vibe here well, I interviewed Jack Phillips, the baker of yes, mas- yes. Masterpiece mm-hmm. uh, Cakes. And he and I had a lengthy interview yesterday, and he was talking about because as a creative person, an artist who bakes then decorates cakes, 
over the decades, he's turned down many cakes. There was a cake from a Satanist, glor- glorifying Satan. He said, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And then um, others. But Jack Phillips, who's been in an 11-year lawsuit, yeah. incredibly, um, you know, really unsettling, demoralizing, financially expensive, went all the way to the Supreme Court. Jack Phillips said, look, if I lose my freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, everybody else will too. And so, you know, should, let's say there's a Muslim who has a, a bakery, should I force them, should they be compelled to do a cake that says the Quran is false? Or, you know. Right, right. So, um, I would say to those that are atheist, LGBTQ, trans, Muslim, whomever, look, we all have a vested interest in maintaining our Judeo-Christian moral foundation. Uh, Lauren, what's rather tenuous about the moment in which we live is, if you talk about patriotism, if you talk about um, loving America, uh, yeah. Let's let's keep this a free, safe, prosperous, moral, representative republic. Well, you do you do you you are a theologian. Um, you have a doctorate in theology, so you have done a lot of comparative religious kind of coursework. Is a lot of people ask why? What is the difference between an Islam? And Christianity. What's the difference between Judaism and Christianity? You know, aren't all religions equal? And and I know the answer to that, but why don't you give the answer as a theologian? Uh, well, thank you. That's a great question. L- let me ask you, have you ever interviewed Stephen Prothero? Yes. Who wrote, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, great interview. He wrote a book uh, a decade ago called God is Not One. O-N-E. Mm-hmm. And I had him on and, you know, there's basically the idea. He, re- he wrote about 24 major world religions and he said it was just axiomatic. He'd always heard, you know, all religions basically teach the same thing. Right. And he began to peel the onion and look down into it. And he said, my goodness, all religions don't teach the same thing. Yeah. And, and I had him on the show and he was saying, look, um, they, they all might be false, but they all can't be true. Yeah. Because they teach, they have very different truth claims. So uh, Christianity, what makes Christianity unique, among other things, is um, we believe that Jesus Christ really did rise from the dead. And he had a different view of God. Jesus set forth a very different view of God, salvation, what is the human problem, what's the solution to the human problem. So the, the message of Christianity, the identity of Christ, the credibility of Christ, makes, we believe makes Christianity different. Now, morals and salvation are two different things. While I would say that salvation, eternity, all the religions really do have a different message. Mm -hmm. But on the moral boundaries, there are a lot of similarities. Um, In Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, we've got the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue. Mm -hmm. And if you go in the rotunda of the Capitol, you'll see in the ceiling and you'll see it all over D.C., Moses and the Decalogue. But what's interesting is um, Romans in the New Testament, Romans 1, 18 through 22, and Romans 2, 14 and 15, basically says that even the non-Jews who did not have the Torah mm-hmm. have that moral law written on their heart. 
And right, lo- right. What, what you and I are seeing in our day is, Lauren, the active, well-funded, unrelenting effort to suppress and expunge moral knowledge. And mm. if we don't have moral boundaries, we will have lawlessness, which we're, we're seeing. You know, one of the things that you hear, I'm hearing from you, and the, one of the things that people reject, which is very odd, is the idea of evil in this world and spiritual evil. And so you and I, from a uh, Christian perspective and understanding of the spiritual aspects of our world, understand that if there is spiritual evil, then those kinds of efforts come from a spiritual evil force. Sometimes you can call them devil or whatever, but there's a spiritual evil. And unbeknownst to a lot of people, they don't understand that this force is in the world and working. And those kinds of things, when you're trying to expunge the sort of moral foundations of, of the world, of this country, that's an evil force. You know, people might be surprised to learn that psychiatrists, mental health professionals, there are some behaviors that they attribute to demonic possession. Really? Yes. Um, this, this is, it might be a surprise. Um, a lot of people can be very dismissive and, and say, oh, you know, the devil, a little imp in red pajamas <laughs> with a pitchfork. That's Don't not, forget the tail and the, and it, the, and the, the you know, the exactly. years, yeah. But no, uh, according to most religions, and certainly Christianity and Judaism, Satan is real. Um, there is objective evil in the world. Mm-hmm. There, the precise word would be ontological evil. There, there are things that are um, on an absolute scale objectively wrong. I would argue, Lauren, that gender reassignment and, and HRT, hormone replacement therapy, and frankly, castration of children is ontologically evil. Yes. That is a wrong thing. And, well, you know, this is very simplistic, but liberal and conservative, I would say that liberals and conservatives have a misreading of human nature. Conservatism would say people have a sin nature. Mm-hmm. People have a propensity for bad, but people have value because they're made in the image of God and every human has worth and value and dignity. Liberalism says people are basically good. Mm-hmm. And, and I really think that the, the assumption, it's, it's very naive, it's very short-sighted to assume, like Neville Chamberlain, that people are basically good. And the world corrupts them. Yes. Um, that's the the dichotomy that really has put us in two different aisles, mm, if you will. You're right. Um, because it, where you where you start, where your assumptions start, and those foundations determine the solution. Yeah. Exactly. Well said. Well said. Now ab- about our nation, it's interesting. Up until I'm going to say the early 1980s. Even those that, um, and I, forgive me for using labels indiscriminately, but the left. Mm-hmm. Right. Prior to the 80s, really those that we would call the left, um, Democrats, Jewish, non-Christians, they would agree with us heartily that America was founded on biblical principles, and that was a good thing. When Ted Kennedy spoke at Liberty University in the 1980s, uh, Jerry Falwell, the founder of Liberty University, they were on Larry King, I think, or some show, Mm -hmm. and um, Ted Kennedy 
said, uh, you would never have me speak at Liberty University. Um, and Jerry Falwell said, no, uh, you're invited as of now. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. Ted Kennedy comes out and he says, well, it's great to be here at Liberty. Reverend Falwell and I, we both agree America is a Christian nation. Wow. Ted Kennedy. Ted, Yes, Ted Kennedy, arch Democrat. He says, but we disagree on some solutions of welfare and different things like that. Um, Carl Becker of Cornell University, he died in 1947. Prior to his death in the first half of the 20th century, Carl Becker, who was not, as far as I know, not a Christian, not a conservative, but he, he was one of the preeminent experts on the U.S. Constitution prior to 1950. He said the philosophy of the founders was, quote, at one with Christianity mm. and moral law. I could go on. I could I could mention uh, people like uh, Chief Justice Earl Warren, Democrat from New York, a Jewish Democrat Saul Bloom, who uh, said that an atheist could never be president because. And by the way, Antonin Scalia said that Saul Bloom's book on the Constitution is the classic in constitutional studies. But uh, Democrat from New York, Jewish Democrat Saul Bloom, said uh, America was founded on biblical principles. He also said an atheist couldn't be president because you have to swear the oath of allegiance to a higher power, which an atheist could not do. Wow. Now, I realize we're in a very tenuous moment, and I, I do love America. I'm very patriotic. Um, we all know that Marxists, one of their very successful precepts has been whoever controls language can control the narrative and the future. Right, right. So when they throw out pejorative words like Christian nationalism, let me tell you what that word means as the left uses it. I'm going to stop right here because I want to take a break on Lighthouse Faith Podcast and get people to talk because this is a huge deal and I want to delve into this. So we're taking a break right now on, on Lighthouse Faith Podcast with uh, Dr. Alex McFarland. We'll be right back. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And we're back on Lighthouse Faith Podcast with Dr. Alex McFarlane, who just teased the whole idea of Christian nationalism, and which is a huge, huge topic. We've talked about it before um, on Lighthouse Faith Podcast, but I don't think people realized how it has become this pejorative term against Christians yes. and anybody who's Christian who believes in America. So, so let's get to this idea that of what Christian nationalism really is. Well, well, thank you, Lawrence. Great to be on. And um, I, I know there's ambient noise in the background because you and I are at a conference. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a little beehive of activity, isn't it? <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, those of us that love the nation and we, we understand the blessings of being an American and freedom and liberty. And look, nobody is trying to shove the gospel down anybody's throat. But what... The left, I'm convinced, Lauren, the left wants you to believe that Christian people who are patriotic, 
are the Christian equivalent of the Sharia jihadists mm. of the Middle East. So when they throw out, well, you know, uh, Dr. Robert Jeffers and Franklin Graham and Alex McFarland, uh, they're Christian nationalists. What they're hoping the street-level public will hear, oh my goodness, they want to create a theocracy. We're going to stone shoplifters. We're going to implement Old Testament law, and it, it will be this theocratic place where no one has any freedom. Mm. And the word Christian nationalism, as used by the left, is an attempt to make people assume that this is the biblical version of Sharia law, which evangelical Christians are trying to impose on people. Mm. The other thing is, when we talk about morals, right. and marriage, by definition, is between a man and a woman. Uh, if somebody wants to engage in homosexual behavior, go for it. You can do it. If somebody wants to cross-dress, you can do that. But what we constitutionalists are drawing the line at, we're saying, look, the only way you can legitimize or attempt to legitimize LGBTQ, trans, atheism, Satan club is if we abandon the philosophical foundation on which our constitution sits. And so I say, look, no, we have a vested interest in maintaining moral boundaries. Uh, if you want to be transgender, knock yourself out, but we're not going to teach it in public schools. Uh, if you want to uh, have a domestic partner, uh, buy a house, go for it. You can do that. But we're not going to call it marriage. We're not going to extend spousal benefits to same-sex couples. Now, I, I realize people say... That's pretty, that's pretty radical because it, it is and it isn't. I mean, I'm just saying is that today it sounds pretty radical. 20 years ago, of course, it didn't sound radical at all. Right. But the idea today is that these things have been accepted not only by you know, the law, but by culture. You know, you get a lot of young people growing up thinking it's really wonderful that, you know, certain people, you know, find that they can get married. I mean, I remember um, years ago a colleague was, you know, he um, uh, uh, was explaining to the rest of the group how he um, proposed marriage to his boyfriend. And, you know, the, the rest of the group was just very enamored and very happy for him. And so you can see that there is this acceptance of it. I mean, I don't. That's I mean, people have, when the, when people hear you talk, they think, "Oh, he's a bigot and he's a hate monger." No, I'm not a bigot. I don't hate anybody. Not afraid of anybody. Uh, but but here's the thing. I mean, I know all of the mental health literature, and I, I know that same sex attraction, same sex ideation, and transgender gender dysphoria mm -hmm. is is a result of pain. And what we're seeing, the, the rise of transgenderism and homosexual um, interest in ideation is, and, and by the way, I'm not speaking as a minister or theologian, I'm speaking um, from the literature of mental health mm -hmm. and psychology, it, it's come from the breakdown of the family. And, and also really the West's loss of a moral compass, and, and also, um, the affirmation and the encouragement of this for 50 years unrelentingly from the media and from secular education. 
but but that's an interesting part because it, you know I don't know you know of Nancy Percy's book at um, Saving Leonardo. Um, Saving Leonardo. I'm not sure what it's called, but it's really about young men and how the treatment of young men or the biblical oh. idea of manhood. And she starts the book talking about how the public school system treats boys and boy behavior. Oh yeah, in school. Yeah, um, boys, little boys, rambunctious, competitive, they're discouraged from that. And now we're seeing more and more literature come out about the the real emasculation, uh, the castration, if you will, of of the male culture. And now toxic masculinity, that's another buzzword. There it is, yes, toxic mix. Masculinity, yes. But here's what I'm saying is... Anybody can be whatever they want to be. Mm -hmm. But what we really shouldn't let people do is tear down the boundaries that allow them to freely, safely, stably walk around as a non-heterosexual, non-evangelical. I mean, mean, you can be whatever you want to be, but if you want, this is my plea to everyone, if you want Mm -hmm. what we've had, which has been human rights, prosperity, freedom, wealth, the ability to be a benevolent force to the whole wide world. If you want what we've had, Mm -hmm. you have to tolerate what gave us that and unequivocally what gave us a free, safe, prosperous America was the Judeo-Christian But you see, the problem is it's not possible. And and, And I've been thinking about this. People can't be a certain way without having some kind of community affirm it, right? Right. So now, if you are transgender, you can't exist in in a, you know, a silo. I mean, you really can't exist in a vacuum. That's right. Without other people affirming who you are. You can have a community, and and if the larger community says this is immoral, then you... You, you've got a conflict within because now you want to you you want to live a moral life. Nobody who says I want to be immoral. I mean, maybe some people do. Right. But they're they, called sociopaths. Right. But they don't actively. They want the good for themselves. They want to be happy. They want to be joyful, and then, and that's part of being in a community. And we are built to have. Well, we are built to thrive in relationships. Oh yeah. Right. There, there was a Mayo Clinic study about 15 years ago called "Hardwired to Connect: mm-hmm. The Case for Authoritative Communities." Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, no man is an island, and we weren't. You and, know. And I'm just saying that those. This is why we're having the conflicts we're having is because it's not co- enough to be affirmed on this level. We have to be. They want to be affirmed by the community, by their own community, their personal community, and then have the wider community confirm that, and that that, that naturally drifts into laws. Well, it, it does. And we had the community, that oasis, that sanctuary, for two centuries, and it was called the family. Yes. And it was called um, what Chief Justice Earl Warren said, um, the spirit of the Savior. He said that in a 1954 Time Magazine interview that permeated our, our country. Now, it's interesting. You know, when, when Aubrey Hall... I believe was the person's name, uh, a month and a half ago shot the six people yes. at Covenant mm-hmm. Christian. Mm-hmm. In Nashville, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the trans community posted a lot of things two days later, and they, they very cryptically said, um, hate will yield violence. In other words... So they're justifying yeah. the violence. But they said she had no other recourse. Well, I disagree. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... First of all, 
again, in America, you can do anything you want to do, but don't expect everybody to applaud. You, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so like with natural law says several things that we're made, we're humans and, and we're made in God's image. We have a conscience. Uh, we're endowed by our creator with a penumbra of rights. Now, natural rights were what America was all about. What we've seen really since 1970 to the present moment are the contrived imposition of artificial rights. Again, I mean, you you want to have a gay partner, that's fine, but it's not marriage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we really don't have the authority to redefine truth. I was recently in an event with Dinesh D'Souza, and Dinesh said something I think is very, very prescient, and I think he maybe got it from Eric Metaxas, uh, <laughs> but... He said, look, there have always been sin and sinners. There have always been people that are anti-God. But we're living in a time when the the reins of the country are in the hands of people that are anti-reality. Now, if if you're a male and you want to wear a dress, enjoy. But a genetic male is different than a genetic female. Right, right. I mean, this is a, a forensic pathologist can look at a cadaver tell if that skeleton is male or female if it's female they can tell by the pelvic pelvic bone if that female ever gave birth right right um a gi doctor can look at a jpeg of the inside of somebody's colon and tell if it's a male or a female patient right right. but we're being beaten over the head with the idea that male and female are contrived artificial subjective categories when when that that's just not true and what's dangerous lauren is uh, and it's not hate to say that males and females are different. Francis Jensen of Albert Einstein School of Medicine uh, recently wrote that males and females are different is, quote, indisputable. So what? how can this be in this day and age as science advances that a lot of politicians and a lot of groups ignore science? And, you know, not only that, the transgender movement will actually say that that being a transgender is actually there's scientific proof of it oh and and that's a lie that Mm -hmm. is a lie uh we are lying to our children and we are being lied to uh how can this be well politicians look to the next election statesmen think about the next generation and we're living in an age of politicians who not all but many are they're definitely politicians but they're not statesmen Right. Um, do, do you know what? Uh, I think about Target right now that for a decade has been on the LGBTQ bandwagon. Right. Um, what they don't realize is they are systematically dismantling the very context that makes them a billion-dollar retailer. Yeah. Because when we d- – and I've – hey, I've been to third-world countries, developing nations. Trust me, prosperity – and a NASDAQ that grows comes out of a moral culture where there are some boundaries. And this might take a century or more to come to full fruition, but even the most ardent LGBTQ trans atheist should care that we retain our Judeo-Christian foundation because without it, the Constitution will 
and it may happen sooner rather than later, be supplanted and replaced by some libertine um, document that's just going to leave us with anarchy. I think it's very interesting because people forget, a lot of people forget, I do too, that America was a great experiment. Oh yeah, it was an experiment. And of course we all know the, the very famous quote by Benjamin Franklin, it's a republic if you can keep it. Now, um, and America, kids today have never lived in an America at her best, where people were proud to say, yes, I love this nation. And I, again, I'm not talking about being a Christian or, and I'm not against the imposition of Old Testament law, um, but the freedom of expression and freedom of belief has been extrapolated to mean the abolition of all moral boundaries. And look, a man is not a woman. Now, my wife gets nursing journals mm -hmm. that use the term birthing persons. Oh my gosh. These are medical journals. Lauren, we, we're losing our mind and we're losing our courage. I want to challenge all your listeners. Look, we love people. God knows I love people. Anybody, you don't have food, call me. I'll do what I can to help you. You need help. We love people. But we have to have the courage to say, I care about you, but a little boy should be raised to embrace his maleness. And he should be a little boy. A little girl should learn femininity. These are not social constructs. This is just... Uh, endemic to who we are as persons um, you know I, I might be an average guy but I would be a really bad female <laughs> you know so let's let the females be be females because girls are best at being girls yeah and you know you, you, you and I both know the joys of, of marriage and you find yourself in serving others and I, I'm going to say this back to your one of your original points God is real, and God loves people, and God gave us this incredible gift called life and skills and opportunities. I, I want to say this. Satan is real. Evil is real. The Bible says in John 10.10 10, that the thief, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ has come that we might have life and life abundantly. Here's, here's what's going on. Satan could not kill God. So he's tried to harm, deface, dehumanize, abuse the ones made in God's image. The image bearers, we human beings. And we should care about objective truth and moral boundaries, not because we're trying to proselytize somebody, uh, but just because human thriving is best achieved when we know who we are, we have a sense of purpose. We have that community of love and affirmation. And, and I would say if we're affirming people in things that are false, that's not really love. Right. Right. And it, it, it's another subject for another day, perhaps. Um, everybody craves a place of sanctuary and safety. We're a very tribal c culture now. We're not familial. Right. We're tribal. And I understand exactly why people get in affinity groups, because nobody likes to be alone. But I want to challenge maybe people that hear this podcast. 
the the true truth, the real reality, is not in a contrived uh, affirm me in my fetish, affirm my kink. Don't be kink shaming me. Listen, that affinity group where you think you have found your oasis, they might be telling you things that are really contributing to your destruction. Wow. Alex McFarland, Dr. Alex McFarland, Truth for New Generation and Alex McFarland Ministries. Thank you so much again for being on Lighthouse Faith Podcast and also being a friend of Lighthouse Faith Podcast. Well, I, I certainly am. Everybody should like and subscribe, share Lighthouse Faith Podcast with your friends because Lauren Green is a national treasure and a brilliant thinker, and I commend her work strongly to you. Wow. Wow. We're going we're gonna to market that one right there. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Amazon Prime members can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music app or just hit the follow button on your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much, Alex. And thank you also for listening for Lighthouse Faith Podcast. I'm Lauren Green. Have a blessed day. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.